0: People are oversimplifying the importance and the details and the skill associated with a funnel. Mm-hmm. So someone will buy a software and think that the software means that they inherited the skill.
1: That's deep. That's a bar. <laughs> Facts. How were
0: you doing a tour mm-hmm. to travel to all these places to speak and you only have 2,000 followers? Mm. I had an email list. I had a landing page. I had an audience of people. If you bought more than five books, I called you. Unless I see myself as more of a consultant than a coach. Coach is kind of like asking you questions, inquiry to lead you to the answer. Consultant comes in with the game plan and say, do this and give you the path to follow. So they say, man, I got somebody built me a funnel, but the funnel don't work. No, the offer doesn't work. The messaging doesn't work. The content doesn't work. The ad doesn't work. The email doesn't work. The back end doesn't work. The sales doesn't work. You're sending them to a sales call. Your salesperson don't know how to le- how to walk them through a discovery. Mm-hmm. Now they don't know their data so they don't know how to trace Just, yeah you, we talking now real yeah. stuff What's up world,
1: welcome back to the Tuned In with Tony podcast and I've got a phenomenal guest here today, Marcus Y. Rozier, someone that is one of the most prolific speakers I think in the digital space when it comes to building online courses, helping people automate their businesses and what they got going on. So I'm super excited because you guys know I build funnels, so to have someone else that I can bounce ideas off of and we can share this game, welcome to the show Marcus, my guy.
0: My man, when I say we're long overdue, thank you for having me first and foremost and number two, thank you. Thank you for being genuine man you're one of the yeah. most genuine people I know from the day we met we geeked out you yeah. know it was at Corey house and we talked for hours so man the feelings is mutual Appreciate I watch it. you from afar and up close man and I'm honored to be connected with you in this space
1: got you got you so before we get into like your background story what kind of got you just like interested and just put you in the vehicle to help people with the online space
0: man um I, I stumbled into it I feel like it's, it's one of those things where the first thing I tell all of my clients, before you can solve someone else's problem, you got to solve your own. Mm-hmm. And if once you learn how to solve your problem, you start realizing other people have the same problem. It's kind of like if you in the height of, if you had a way to feed yourself and other people were starving, it's immoral to not share with them how to feed themselves too. Man. So there's a, there's a feeling of responsibility, not just revenue. And mm-hmm. it's, if you're doing it right, it starts with that, that deep empathy. And here are the two things that got me into it. Deep empathy where I knew that I was winning in a space where I didn't have any followers like that. Mm-hmm. I released a book first. That's how I got into the online space. I didn't think about coaching. So I had written a few books, did it really well. I had less than 1,000 followers. And that book in the first month sold 1,000 copies at $20. I made 20 grand. Mm. I went on to sell 10,000 copies of a book called Win the Day. Um, ten strategies for winning life. Um, I wrote twenty-three books in three and a half months. I self-published five in the first year. So, what do you think everybody asks? How'd you write so many books?
1: Right, and these are digital or physical books. These are
0: physical and wrote okay. like wrote each and every one of them. Three audio albums on them. Like mm. so, I got an audio book, audio album. I didn't know it as something impressive at the time. I was just working, right. And I had figured Man. out a more efficient way to write books. Yeah. And overcome writer's block, create titles. I had learned all the types of publishing, mm-hmm. right? From subsidiary to self-publishing, the vanity publishing all down the line. Right. So to answer your question, short story short, I figured that out, put out books and people asked how'd you write so many books? So my first online program was called your 30 day book, okay. how, to, how to discover design and deliver your book in 30 days or less. Right. Right. This is FreeconferenceCall.com. There was no Zoom. There was yeah. you know there was no Facebook Live. There was no Instagram Live. It was Periscope. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yep. So I used to use Periscope and every Monday, freeconferencecall.com. People mm-hmm. paid $97 for me to teach them. I didn't know what to charge. Mm-hmm. Bro, I was teaching them how to create titles, subtitles, how to structure the book, how to set it up, how to Use your book to pitch for television um, segments, which is what I did with mine. How mm-hmm. to broker your book into schools because they couldn't pay you to speak, but they could pay you for a certain number of books. So imagine teaching all that for $97. Right. That's what I'm saying. I didn't, so how I got into it was that way. Mm-hmm. Just something I figured out, learned a skill about, and wanted to help other people who had a book to write. I immediately, years later, I no longer helped with books. I started a published, done for you publishing company. Yeah. Blew it out of the water was charging people $2,500 to publish their books for them, set up. A, this is where funnels come in. Okay. Had no following. So people were asking me, I didn't go on Amazon for a year later. And in most people's mind, if you're on Amazon, you're legit. Right. Well, I knew the email list. And because I had five books was more important to me than the Amazon bestseller. Right. Sold 10,000 copies. i more than a bestseller. Just
1: by leveraging your email list?
0: Yeah. So. I knew when I I was going to put out five books that year, it made more sense that when you bought a book to put you on an email list and would give you access to free dot com for us to discuss chapters of the book with me Mm. and to come on Periscope. So I built relationships through that. I didn't have a social media following, and I sent everyone to purchase my book via a funnel. I was using Infusionsoft, and then I shift over to lead pages.
1: So you were just kind of – figuring out what what those two text digits
0: was very new and people wasn't doing text like that. So this tells you how far back I go. Right. So I was using fusion soft landing lead pages was the, was the platform. And part of my publishing company was we would do the formatting. We would do the binding. We would actually print the books for them, design Mm. the book covers all the way down to, I would set up a landing page for them to sell the books. Okay. Right. Yeah. People thought it was just sites. So, that's my backstory, how'd I get into it? I, I I kept I kept evolving. Anything that I did, as mm-hmm. I evolved, I began to share that with them. So then I moved from helping authors to I was speaking. Mm. Moved from all over the world. I went to over 30 countries speaking. So then it was, man, how do I start speaking? Right. So then you teach people how to get speaking engagements. Then it's how to turn your book into a business. Entrepreneur Academy was a program. Gotcha. Right. So the I
1: foundation ne- was being laid. For yep. digital, but at the moment you were very physical with actual books, going to speak, all of that.
0: One hundred percent, and the way that I people kept wonder, how are you doing a tour mm-hmm. to travel to all these places to speak, and you only have two thousand followers mm. at an email list? Yeah, <laughs> I had a landing page. I had an audience of people. If you bought more than five books, I called you. Mm. You know, what I'm, personally yeah. called you. So like those elements put put together and laid the, the framework. And what I didn't realize the major skill was. I was already building funnels. Yeah. So when I it just
1: wasn't the hype beast around the funnels, bro, when I would
0: tell people back then about funnels, they thought it was network marketing. Mm. I used to talk to people about funnels. Yeah. People. If I tell you their name, you'll know they thought it was network marketing. Yeah. So I was online, but I was doing something different. And what I, what I believe in, I never sold someone something that I didn't already have success in. Right. As well as I see myself as more of a consultant than a coach. Mm-hmm. because a coach is kind of like asking you questions, inquiry to lead you to the answer, right? Consultant comes in with the game plan and say, do this and give you the path to follow. So if you notice from the book path, I gave them my path and told them, follow it. I didn't coach them and ask them questions. I told them what to do, right? Everything I've ever done since I got into this space has been done with you, done for you. Gotcha. You. From publishing to that. So like the, the method just evolved, Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into it. I've been in this space since 2014, bro. We in 2023. Dang.
1: So let me ask you a question about that then, because I'm more of a, a new emerging comer in this space that's yeah. just got a lot of traction fast. What was what's the shift looked like from like when you said infusion shop? lead pages to now where it's just click funnels heavy you yeah. know what i'm saying like everybody russell brunson all of that what does that journey looked like you know what i'm saying
0: uh click funnels changed the game because it made things easier mm-hmm. uh, from an efficiency standpoint pages look well look good people were able to come into the market now here's what people have to understand excuse me how do i word this in a way that people don't hear wrong right click funnels is is Let's just say that you take the best marketer. Who do you feel like is a phenomenal marketer?
1: A phenomenal marketer? Yeah, like they. they... Man, Damon John. Okay,
0: so let's take Damon John. If Damon John owned a software Mm -hmm. and he was able to market it and he's the front facing person, right? ClickFunnels is a software, but what Russell has done in the space is people, I'm sure they come to you and they say, yeah, can you build my ClickFunnels? Right. He's, (laughs) that people think that ClickFunnels is a funnel.
1: It's like when a business has so much market share, they become the name for it, like Google, Uber,
0: 100 100%. So that happened, and he made mass appeal with people that didn't know what it was, became aware of it, became this fun thing, community. He's a front-facing marketer, mm-hmm. whereas all the other softwares don't have a person that's out leading a community that has, or they're trying to do it now. Yeah. Now, what I think it has, what has changed, it's good and bad. The bad side of it is, people are oversimplifying the importance and the details and the skill associated with a funnel. Mm-hmm. So someone will buy a software and think that the software means that they inherited the skill.
1: Mm, that's deep. That's a bar. <laughs> Facts. That's it, what we were talking about. Yeah. They think the funnel is going to just control everything. Like no. Tony, just give me a funnel. It's going to work, but they're missing all the omnipresence that has to go around it from the emails to the ads, to the follow-ups, Like you said, Bro, all of that.
0: It's equivalent to, I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give a old, I'm an old example, guys. So I'm gonna give an old example. I remember being in, in college and being in math class, and my teacher loved me. And she was like, "Marcus, why did you sit right here, get these answers wrong, and not ask any questions?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Because I knew I had questions, but I didn't even know what question to ask." Mm. The average person who pays a person to build a funnel don't know how to read the data, so they don't know what question to ask. They assume that the pages solves all problems. Right. The other mistake that entrepreneurs make in this space with ClickFunnels is ninety nine dollars a month. The goal is for them to get a Two Comer Club award, mm-hmm. but now they're now they move into this place of marketing and selling, but not really understanding. If you don't know how to read your numbers, family, the same way that the human body needs to read your blood pressure to see if you're healthy, mm-hmm. your data of conversion, click through rates, open rates—that's your blood pressure for your business. It is. So you're walking around here with a sick with a sick offer that you should literally lay to rest, mm-hmm. and think that the problem is the pages you built because right. you don't really you, they don't know how to tweak anything so they say man I got somebody built me a funnel but the funnel don't work no the offer doesn't work the messaging mm. doesn't work the content doesn't work the ad doesn't work the email doesn't work the back end doesn't work the sales doesn't work you're sending them to a sales call your salesperson don't know how to le- how to walk them through a discovery mm-hmm. now they don't know their data so they don't know how to trace yeah we talking now real yeah. stuff they don't know how to trace from content on social media yeah organic to paid advertisement, to landing page, or to webinar short rate, or to the offer, to the pitch, to the open, to the close, mm-hmm. to the salesperson, what's being said, stretching the problem. They don't know how to read their data to say, where is the problem? So, guess where they start at? I got to get a new funnel
1: yep (laughs) let's talk about that because now you got my my click funnels mind geeking out yeah so for me as a funnel builder yes financially it does help me in a sense when people are always like i want another funnel look what this client's done i want to copy his funnel yeah but a lot of times i'll even hear them say what they want and i'm like why would you change it they're like yo my bridge sale page going crazy But why do you want to change it? You so I'm saying because they're not reading the data like you said. So I notice for me when I have webinar clients, I say we have three to four metrics that we look at, right? The first metric that we look at is is your is your leads is your lead cost right right so if your lead cost is too high facebook is automatically telling us they don't like your creative we need to optimize there yeah the next is on the fr- the front page of the funnel so then we look what's the percentage of your opt in rate right if it's too low that means your sales copy your funnel needs to be upgraded at that point the next thing we look at is show up rate If we're not hitting 25, 30% show up, rate, That means our emails, notifications, text messages are off. And then the last one is conversion. Mm -hmm. And if your conversion isn't hidden, that means that you, the seller, aren't selling. You're not closing. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So like you said, it's not just the funnel. It's so many other elements that need to be optimized, but you have to read the data in order to make those decisions.
0: Bro, you're so on it. Uh, How do I say this in a nice way so people don't hear it wrong? Because I don't want to come off condescending any of that. Like, it doesn't mean because I've been in this space longer that I know everything, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in the seat of the student, things evolve. But I will say this, my fear, to go back to your question you asked, what do I think that softwares that have made things easier has done? There's this arrogance, is the mm-hmm. word I'll use, that has happened to the entrepreneur that makes this assumption that because I know how to do something, let's say I know how to podcast, that doesn't mean that I know how to coach people on podcasting. Now it's good if, if I can. Mm-hmm. Coaching is a skill, Right. speaking is a skill, Right. content creation is a skill, funnel building is a skill, sales is a skill. The average person thinks that just because they start a business that they will inherit every skill associated. Right. So they don't want to think about you building a funnel as a skill,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know how much knowledge is attached to that skill. So you know how to read the data, what to look at, what to do with copy with myself. I understand messaging. I understand sales psychology. I understand conversion. I, I really understand hu- human desire. Mm-hmm. I also understand sales processes. Fu- I understand funnels from a brand, from a large-scale offer creation, selling, pitching, et cetera, right? So a person would think, and I really understand coaching. Mm-hmm. So a person will assume that just because they start a business that they have all the skills. So now, to, to your point, They will cheat themselves into believing you building the pages. They don't need you anymore. Right. That's arrogance. Yes. That's you think because you play basketball, you play point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward and center. You think because you're a business owner that you inherit every skill associated to the business? No. Right. This is what I think that software is an AI is doing is giving people a false perception of the difference between information and skill. Mm -hmm. I, I could tell you what it takes to make a baby, but I can't have one. Right. Right? So you can only produce, you, you can teach what you know, you can only produce what you are. So mm-hmm. when people say, why does this person program successful and this person's not? An information transfer is not a skill transfer. Mm. I can transfer the skill of coaching because I, I understand its nuance. I know what to do when it doesn't work. Right some people can only transfer information that's why they just heavy on live heavy on marketing but they don't have a lot of success stories because they don't know how to transfer a skill because they don't have the skill they just have the information
1: yeah (laughs) got you got you so now that we're talking about that one of the biggest things that i see course creators coaches consultants whatever you want to call yourself is especially new people that come into the game and they're just watching what other people are doing, right? They don't understand sales psychology.
0: Say it again. (laughs) And that's
1: one of the biggest things, like even myself, when I first did webinars, I would literally look at Justin and try to copy him and just wonder why I had zero sales, right? But then I understood that like, one, you gotta find your own lane, right? You gotta, And then the second thing is it's not just about getting people in the room and talking. It's about providing the value in order to them to exchange their money. Mm-hmm. And the way you do that is by understanding sales psychology. And the biggest thing that I see is preaching and teaching. And the thing that you have to think about is people, we feel like we're good people. We don't want to come off as scammy. We look at it like I'm, I just got to tell them everything. But really what you're doing to your client is, or your potential client, you're actually doing them uh, an injustice. The reason why or disservice is because they're not going to learn everything in 30 minutes to an hour. So you do better by inspiring to educate and informing to transform instead of trying to give away all the game and wonder why they didn't purchase. Because they feel like, well, I'm just going to take what you said and try this first. Yeah. yeah. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it, it paralyzes them. Like, I I think that if we give too much information, it paralyzes a person where they're not willing to move to the next step or the next level. It's similar to, uh, I I laugh about Cheesecake Factory, although I like Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. Or even, uh, what's my other spot? You do talk about Cheesecake Factory. And (laughs) I like Grand Lucks. But the menu's so big, it paralyzes you. It does. Right, because you don't want to order the wrong thing and it not turn out well. The same thing happens with information. Mm. The same way that you feed the human mouth, Words and knowledge and information feeds the human brain, mm-hmm. so we paralyze people, you know, and yeah. we put them in a state where, how people call the itis, where they have a sense of the itis, where they don't want to move forward because they don't want to feel like they missed a step. They also don't want to feel like they're paying you for something that they could figure out. So it has to be the way that we present information. I tell people, you um, uh, you 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 teach back what you invest forward, right? Mm-hmm. So when i when i say that you teach backwards meaning anyone who you're at a level that you have answers that's that's above or forward beyond where they are you can teach backwards you invest forward in that answer well here's where that comes in when you're doing a webinar or doing sales the whole sales psychology is this idea of slowing down to speed up is what i'll say right you slow down to humanize yourself that the person can see i'm just like you but then you speed up so fast to put yourself out in front of them to create distance. So they realize that you are the teacher. I'm mm, not you. Right. I ain't still, so you slow down. Let me humanize when I had nothing, when I did that's your backstory. Mm-hmm. Let me speed up just a little bit to show you the first two steps I took. Cause I was just like you. This was the first step I took when I got my first sale, but then I got to go all the way to now where I've got 23 employees and over seven figures.
1: Mm.
0: Now, you realize I'm not on the same level. I got to slow down to humanize, So you feel like I'm not so far ahead of you. I'm one or two steps ahead so you can see and be inspired, but let me go all the way forward. So you don't, so you don't, you don't become common with me to realize I can, I can teach you facts. And that's the balance of sales psychology. This this humanization of KLT, no like, and trust where people know you and know your information. Likeability is done through the bridge stories, Mm -hmm. humor, morality where it could be the single mom who's talking about her low moments of life and how she had this moment where she realized she wanted to bet on herself and she walked away from a relationship but that's likability because the person can see themselves in you yeah trust is this balance of you telling you it's not when people say they don't want to be salesy it's not t- not selling that makes people trust you it's telling them why you're selling to them
1: got gotcha. you yeah.
0: It's not discounting your price. It's selling them why you're discounting it. You give a price justification of why are you doing, why do you even care to sell me this?
1: hmm yeah. If
0: you can embed into these things, there's no like and trust. It develops something that people can, people don't feel like they're buying a product. They're buying access. Here's the joke I'll make and then I'll shut up. <laughs> when it comes to coffee, we uh-huh. call everything coffee itself Starbucks. Mm. When you buy Starbucks, you say, I got to go get my Starbucks. You don't even put it in the category of coffee. That's no like and trust. It's where someone is not buying an item. They're buying into Mm -hmm. something totally different. Hey, bro, what you doing? Man, hand me my MacBook. Your laptop?
1: Yep. You're right.
0: It's when when companies have positioned themselves in a way that people feel an association to them, and we can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. We can create a tribe and create this emotional connection that now a person feels like, they're not buying a product or a service. They're buying something that is an extension of themselves.
1: Got you. Yeah. It's like, I got to go Google this, but you may not be on Google. <laughs> you call a Uber, but you say, you say I'm about to get catch a Uber, but you call Lyft. You know what I'm saying? 100%. The thing that's so important about what you said for all these people listening is no like and trust, right? A lot of times when people come into the webinar space, digital space, wherever, you know, we build their funnels, we build this, but it's the sales presentation, right, which is one of the the biggest piece. And I tell people that's like, you going to perform on stage and you don't focus on the choreography. You pack the whole concert out, <laughs> everybody in there ready to see you, but you thought choreography wasn't important. And they say your show was terrible, right? Yeah. So don't come back. So when you say no, like, and trust, the thing that sticks out to me is using avatars in order to sell. 100%. And the reason why avatars are so important is because I tell clients is, yo, when you go into your, your story, I mean, your presentation, you need to make, these people that are in the room become one of these avatars. Bill in your story may have done this. Will in your story may have been this testimony. Zach may have been that. And they need to identify with one of those three avatars and say, yo, I'm him. And that's what makes them convert into selling and buying your product. 100%. You know
0: what I'm saying? 100%. Bro, let me let me say this. You, I love, love, love. Like This is probably one of my favorite interviews. And I'm not mm. just saying that because I'm here. Yeah. Here's why, man, you, you're you talking, you're talking my language, bro. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where somebody, um, there's an old Renaissance philosopher that called, referred to another gentleman during the Renaissance era as a friend of his mind. Mm-hmm meaning that he was saying things that echoes what he thinks mm. is that every time i talk to you we yeah. you got bro we you like those who are listening it was 30 40 minutes before we started this just yeah. like <laughs> somebody else somebody else would be looking like what are they talking about Uh
1: huh. Yeah, the people <laughs> who need to listen to this are going to be the ones listening to this you yeah. know what i'm saying but sure. that's an avatar right yeah
0: it's it's it's, it's the idea of um Going, going to a Spanish-speaking country and say, don't nobody speak English? Yep. Right? Yep. It's, no, they don't. They speak the, the language, right? So I yeah. always say, you know, every country has its own language. Well, when yeah. you're in the entrepreneur space, your products, your services, your community is your country. Mm-hmm. So there should be a language that speaks to that group of people, your tribe, right? that they hear, and only they can relate to it. My father hit me one time because he follows me on social media, and he was yeah. like, son, I don't understand what you're talking about. And I said, you're not supposed to. <laughs> You're right. not my client, you're my dad.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Damn. So, one thing that you said that also stuck out to me as well. So, you're saying, like, you're in a different country, everyone's speaking Spanish, and then you're like, don't nobody speak English here. The next part we got to talk about is pain points. Yeah. Because that guy who's now in a whole other country, his pain point is, I can't communicate. Yeah. So, that's where people like you and I come in and we extract those pain points because there's customers in the audience. Who, and that's what people miss all the time. It's not just because, you know, a lot of people feel entitled. They feel like I paid for a funnel, I built a slide, and I'm doing this webinar. Tony, why am I not getting sales? And you want to blame me. The issue is you're not connecting those pain points to every person that's in here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's how you extract the value. Yeah. You know what I mean? So,
0: I 100% agree with you. And do you mind me sharing some some insight on that? Reason I ask, bro, this is, this is one of my things like messaging. Mm -hmm. And when people hear it, I got to say this clearly messaging is marketing. Yes. People think messaging is the copy. Mm -hmm. Well, the copy is written because you don't, you, you don't sell an item without words. Mm -hmm. People don't buy what you sell. They buy what you say. Right. So you saying what you need to say is the way in which you sell much. Like if you look at a menu in a restaurant, you not, you don't buy the food. You buy the description. Right. That makes (laughs) sense. Yeah. When you go to buy a book, you don't buy the food. You buy, you don't buy the book. You buy the review.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: When you go to go for a hotel, you don't, you you're buying what the image tells you. Yes. Right. So you're buying words and images. When we go to sell information based products, we forget that people still buy words. Yes. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) So, So messaging is marketing. It's the way in which we draw people close to us. It's a magnet. That if the sales position is you chasing behind them, you don't have a sale.
1: Uh-huh.
0: The, the goal of messaging is to call out a group of people that they hear their name, they hear their problem, they hear their question, and they hear the solution to it. Uh-huh. So when we start talking about avatars and things of that nature, like you just mentioned, I would suggest to I would suggest to anyone, they'll they'll blame you, they'll blame me. Hey, what why is my phone working? what I would explain to them, and I just said this last week to some people I was mentoring, it's the difference between if you ask the average person, do you know your custom avatar? Mm-hmm. They're going to give you some stats that could be found anywhere. They're going to say, oh, yeah, women 18 to 25, yeah. men 21 to 35. That's demographics. Mm-hmm. You don't sell by demographics. You sell by psychographics. Mm-hmm. It's When I say psychographics, it could be someone's, their morality, um, the emotion they connect to, their value system. So if someone values work-life balance versus someone values team, no sleep and grind, psychographics would be to appeal to any group of people that fits into this ideology and this concept of this is what I believe. Mm -hmm. If it's a person who believes in work-life balance, that's not 18 to 35. That's anybody who believes that I don't want to risk spending time with my loved ones and my family to build an empire. I'll make less money. If it means me having valuing the value of more moments with people I love. Right. So now when you when you take psychographics and plug it into messaging, it gives you higher performance.
1: Definitely does. Yeah.
0: If you take demographics, what do you say to people 18 and 35 who are single moms? It's too broad. A, it's too broad for yeah. it to perform because you're the only way to market is for me to interrupt a conversation you're already having in your head. Mm-hmm. So if you talk about yourself, unless you only get my attention for a moment, if you, if you talk about me, you can capture my attention because I want to know, and I want you to put into words that you understand me. So, right. so this becomes a thing. If I was marketing to, let's say one, my big thing is I help people who have, who don't have a large following begin to build online businesses, program services, and make five, six and seven figures. Five I was going to
1: ask you about that too because that you're literally hitting that pain point right there because people always go into it like I don't have this many followers yeah. I'm not an influencer like I can't be successful in that and you directly with your headline in a sense are hitting that yeah. pain point to grab that special audience right there
0: and I have deep empathy for them because remember mm-hmm. how we started yeah I did my first six six figure year I made six fig- I made six figures in less than six months and I didn't even have ten thousand followers yeah. So the assumption is, follower account equals money. Yeah, no, that's that's not accurate. Not at all, right? So, but to the average person, so guess what they do? They prolong their revenue because instead of them bec- building a business, they cr- they become content creators. Right. So you got people who are, who are working a beauty salon that have seven figure income potential that give up seven figures to become a course creator. Yeah. Or not, let me not say course creator, content creator. Mm-hmm. So they think that the success of their business is predicated on creating content. They don't realize that there are other things you can do. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying content does not benefit contents. your highlight. And Here's what I would say to someone who's listening. Here's what I always say. Yeah. At the hot, high, the highest skill sets in, in our country, mm-hmm. let's just say a doctor, right? You go to a doctor who has your life in his hands. If you feel pain in your body right now, you go to a doctor and you're like, doc, what's going on? You never ask him how many followers he have for you to be able to determine should you go get your prescription filled? Never do. Highest skill set. He got your life in his hands. Pilot flies you in the air and whether he's skilled enough to perform the task determines your life. Mm. Never ask him how many followers you have. Dennis, you never ask how many followers you have. Lawyer. It's lawyer. You never have ask how many followers he has. It's only when we take our business and move it into content. Do we think that the success and our ability to serve our clients with our business is predicated on how many people like our content. What my content is, is me telling you what I was already dope at. It's right. not you voting on it. Right. I mm. was dope before I did it. Right. I like that.
1: And I like you said, it's not you voting on it. You know what I'm saying? Your
0: comments and likes is not, it's not you voting on me.
1: Yeah. I think one of the biggest things for me with content was, and I feel like everyone's gone through this where you feel that, uh, like, it didn't perform well, my post, right? Yeah. But then once I figured out what my vehicle was with helping course creators and building webinars and all that, I started to notice that when I shared what I was working on, which was already dope, it wasn't a matter of how many views, how many likes it got. It was the matter that there was usually one to two people on my e- in my inbox on every post that was like, when are we getting started? I need that. Yeah. And then I started understanding that it's not about just vanity numbers. It's about purpose. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So then when I started posting for purpose, I started noticing that, that fear, that make-believe fear of posting was no longer there. Yeah, Because if you were to crack on me and say, oh, you only got 60 likes, I'm like, yeah, but I made $2,000. It's true. You see what I'm saying? true. So those are the things that we have to look at when it comes to posting content is posting for purpose and not vanity. You know what I mean?
0: I think some people are playing the the wrong game. Mm -hmm. So um, my suggestion to people that are playing that game, the reason why people need – this goes to psychographics, Right. The reason people need that validation of likes and comments over, over revenue, and mm-hmm. they say they want both, but it's not true, is because the average entrepreneur starts with nothing. Right. Average. I'm not saying all. Yeah. Starts with nothing. In order to create content, build anything, we start with our fears. Some of us are rebounding or transitioning from one business then work into another. Mm-hmm. We bring those emotions into the new business, yeah. so our content now becomes, for us, some form of ther- much-needed therapy, right? Yeah. So we think Man, this is going to be the thing to win, but we still have our insecurities. This is why I tell people you should not place your your money in the same place you place your confidence. Yeah. You shouldn't place your content in the same place you place your confidence. Mm-hmm. They're not one in the same. you got to have this separation between my ability to help and serve people with my knowledge and information. Bro, if I know how to bake chocolate chip cookies <laughs> – and I know the perfect recipe, and yeah. I can give them to anybody and know that they will end up with great chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. I don't have to market how to make a million dollars with chocolate chip cookies. Right. I just got to be able to market how to make chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Now, if only five people like that comp, like it, and bake the cookies, I was successful. Mm-hmm. Our metrics are wrong. It's right. does the thing work or does the thing work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does the thing work or not? I'll, I'll give another metric because I'm, I'm an advocate for people without a large following. Okay. Average person has about um, 2,000 to 7,000 followers, right? Average. Let's just say you got 10,000. Take that same number and place it in anywhere else. Take 2,000 people and put them in in a conference, and you got a packed conference. Yep. Take 2,000 people, put it on a webinar, you got a great webinar. It's only when we go on social media do we think that 2,000, 5,000, 7,000, not a lot. Take that same number and place it anywhere else. else. Yeah. And it's a massive amount of people. Take 2,000, put them on an email list, you could still win. Right. So with my clients, I everything you do as a front runner, if your offer's right, your pricing's right, you can win. How? If 2,000 people follow you and they are the right audience because you're serving them with the right message, the right content style, your business is built around it, and you say, hey, I tell my clients don't charge anything less than $1,000 for their course. Mm-hmm. I tell them give everything you could possibly think of in the course. Don't hold nothing back. Teach the information. Yeah. If you sell for $1,000... And you don't have, and you got an email list with zero people, which is people we've had. I've had a lady only get twenty five people on her email list and have a ten thousand dollar month. Well, how's that possible? She ran a webinar every week, and it wasn't no lengthy one. You were talking about forty five minutes, mm-hmm. and two to three people bought.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: you only need ten people to buy a one thousand dollar product. This is basic math, but it's also strategy because some people say to make a million dollars, all you need is this much a day. That's math. Where's the strategy? The strategy is. I'm going to create content. All pieces of my content is going to offer offer people who are interested to come to a weekly training to hear me teach it in a lengthier process. You're going to hear 30 seconds. I'm going to invite you to 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. So now what am I teaching in the 30-second content? The same information in the 60 minutes. Right. And bite-sized pieces for six days. Mm-hmm. I'm inviting only who's interested and I'm building my email list. But guess what happens to that list? It's only the people that are directly connected to the pain point.
1: Right, (laughs) right.
0: So you're strategically building a list, strategically building a following. Now, keep in mind, we got, if we say a thousand followers, Uh no people on a list. You can, if if you post it three times a day, you can get three to five people every day on your list. Uh Seven times five is 35 people a week. If only 10 people come to your webinar, and that's a small webinar. If one person buys, you got $1,000 to practice.
1: Yeah, $1,000 to practice.
0: If you if you did this every week, the average person don't make $4,000 a month. If you got one sale, that's $4,000 a month for, a, for a four hours of work. Yeah. people Now, for an entrepreneur, I get you want more money, but that's the foundation of it. Now, if you just did this in this compound family, and you say you got a good week where every week you went on, two to three people bought, this is a $10,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Now you're ready to pay for ads. You can yeah. double your list. Yeah. You say, okay, I made 10 grand with no overhead because this is organic to an email list. <laughs> right. yeah. mean, organic to an email list. You say, okay, what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna take a thousand out of the ten thousand I made and pay for ads. And just like that, you grow your email list. You're also growing your following, you're also growing your revenue. Mm-hmm. Just like that, you're on the path to six and seven figures. Facts. Facts. And that's without a lot of followers. Exactly. When people hear like this, like, that's a very good point.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So if y'all listening, Hey, it's possible. You know what I mean? Question that I had too, is you speak about messaging, right? We speak about email lists. What are some of the tactics that you would suggest to somebody listening on here of how to nurture their email list so that they're not just blasting Mm -hmm. their email list with information that's not resourceful to them at that moment?
0: Yeah. So I use a framework that I teach called, um, PAQS, Mm -hmm. um, that's pain point anonymous answer, slash ag- agitation, mm-hmm. and then question solution. So when I say pain point, uh, every, everyone knows that they need to create. So here's how PAQS. I'm going to do it in real time. Okay. Everybody knows that, that they need to create content in order to get leads and make people aware of who you are and build your brand. Right. But everybody equally doesn't want to take time, and and everybody doesn't love social media. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the pain point, right? That's right. the isolation of that. Now here's an anonymous answer. There's a simple, there's a faster, easier, and more simple way to create content by only dedicating one hour a week to create enough content for the whole week. It's anonymous. It's ambiguous. I didn't completely answer it, but in essence, I did. Mm. So, th- so see how he keep you in limbo. There's a simple way to, to invest one hour and be able to get the same result. Or, or if the pain point was there's a there's a, there's everybody um, there's a lot of influencers who love being on camera. Well, that's extroverts. What about the introvert who knows that they love doing the thing they do as a service-based business? They need content but don't want to be on camera. Right. See, that psychographics. That's yeah, pain point. The I just targeted sure. the group of people that is not the front-facing person, but the only way to get business to be on behind the scenes is to actually market. Mm-hmm. There's an easier way that introverts can now create content without showing their face, without changing who you are, to be able to solicit clients that allows you to do what you're great at without having to come out of your comfort zone. Right. How do you do that? Question. Mm-hmm. And then the strategy or solution. Gotcha. That's PAQS. If I transition that into a story, people, and then we go into what I call Q&A emails. Mm-hmm. Q&A emails is where you create an avatar of a case study and you, you Q&A in the email, all the things you believe the person reading the email has. Mm-hmm. The major question that everyone is asking is, is, is the market oversaturated? Should I still create a course? Right. Recently, I was having a conversation with my guy, Tony, who asked the exact same question. <laughs> and I wanted to share with you the answers. Okay. Tony's question. And then whatever I feel like your objection is that Tony's question, what should I create a course on? Tony's question, should I keep doing an ebook? Should I do a community or a program? And then I give my answers what I'm going to do with all the questions and all the answers is I'm going to target what I believe the people on that email list is thinking of. You see how this is at? Right. All of these are frameworks. This mm-hmm. is how you're not spamming your list. You're taking people on a journey. Um, there's another one, man, I can go on and on with yeah. email. <laughs> like there's, there's another one where you, where you do what I call, I really call, call it the airplane mode, yeah. airplane email, right? It's where you take people. 40,000 40, feet in the air before you do you list the rules. The forty thousand view. That's what it's right. called. Yep. So before you go in the air though, here's uh-huh. how I do it. Before you go in the air, the person is gonna is gonna make you is gonna tell you the rules in order to fly the plane. Right. It's gonna say, Hey, I'll be honest, Tony, this email might be a little lengthy because I realized I couldn't compact this in into a short form. So you might want to ignore this email if you're not the type of person that wanna hear this in detail. But if you are looking to and you frame it immediately. Yeah. This is where you want to isolate anybody who's into it. If you are looking to, in the next 30 days, figure out a better way to get your webinars to perform where people are showing up, people are staying to the end, people are buying. Mm-hmm. I just held your attention, right? This is the thing you want. The hook. I hooked that to the first statement. Now I go all the way up in the air and give this overview of what is happening in the webinar space. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest ways to distance is this. Right. Right. And then I walk you through it. My suggestion is. Midway through you mapping it out in your email, you you stop it and say, this is what I do. This is way too lengthy to do in writing. So I decided to record a, a video training. If you want to get access to it, click it here. That's mm-hmm. where we go into segmentation. Okay. Anybody, because the goal is to not just let them read emails. It's so you segment by the clicks. On 100%. That okay. Because you got to think, if I midway through it can mm-hmm. get you to stop and click, it says that this is the exact person I'm looking for. Right. They want to watch and hear the rest of this because it's connected to the thing. Mm-hmm. Like this is how emails perform.
1: That's making sense. I like <laughs> that. Yeah, you got me going. And a big thing that I always go back and forth. To me. Are you doing this in active campaign?
0: So I have active campaign. Yeah. Man, bro, I got everything. So yeah. I have Ont- I like clavio, but econ. But thing. you know there's more econ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have I have click funnels, of course. So you gotta have some another email autoresponder. I have Kartra, I have Kajabi, yeah. I've got Entreport. Yeah. I've got go high level. Somebody asked why do you have all of them because I'm in the space, right? So the yeah. only way I know how to suggest to my clients which ones is to be active on all of them, and I teach more strategy versus software. Gosh, gotcha. right?
1: Depending on their need, you're gonna place Well, them. no. Well, now no.
0: we used to build on every platform. Okay, we found out from an efficiency standpoint, as we it, it handcuffs, right? Mm-hmm. Because if I decide to get rid of someone on my team. I got to retrain the new people how to build on that platform. Right. right? Yeah. And from an efficiency standpoint at scale, you mm-hmm. can't scale a company when you got eight different platforms, different models, and you know, if you don't touch it in a while, you forget. Yeah. So we now will work, we'll do ClickFunnels. We'll do um, Kajabi, Kartra, and we kind of dance between those three. Yeah. Reason is if a person has a platform, they got multiple courses, mm-hmm. I don't mind them doing Kajabi. Right. Right. If they're new to the space and want low overhead, everything all in one, I suggest Kartra. Reason being, it's ninety nine dollars, and you get like with ClickFunnels, you gotta pay for video hosting. Mm-hmm. Now two they'll have that, but video hosting. If you're doing high ticket, you gotta pay for a calendar. Mm-hmm. So video hosting, a calendar, an auto responder, you would have to like uh, you it, you would have to pay for so many things within it, right? Right. Whereas with Kartra, you get. Video hosting. Mm-hmm. You get your own email built into it. You get your own calendar built into it. You get a membership site built into it. Gotcha. And I think you get three membership sites. You get unlimited funnels. Mm. You get, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. you get an email list of 5,000. For 199 you get unlimited everything. Videos, yeah. membership sites, right? So for a business owner, if I tell my clients don't charge more than 1000 thousand, ten 10% of one course sale pays for their platform to run their whole business almost for the whole year. Got gotcha. you. Right, So mm-hmm. it allows them an opportunity to scale and when they want to transition. Now the pages are great. They don't look as good as well as tracking performance. You know, ClickFunnels give or take but yeah, note, don't you notice that in the space that normally most people that use ClickFunnels, they pay an agency to build it for? them? Yeah. So if it's a person that don't have the revenue to pay for an agency, it's too many moving pieces, Z- Zapier and all these different things. So mm-hmm. that's why I don't advise and I think if you coaching and consulting you ought to reference and teach people the pros and cons and that's why I work on all of them got you to, got you so I can stay aware in the space to say okay this is the best suggestion
1: yeah in your business do you take on clients who are completely green who say hey I I got information and I know it but I'm starting from the ground zero or do you only like to optimize
0: so we've got we've got both there's there's three ways to work with us mm-hmm. um, and I'll say it this way I'm gonna t- say a quick story so We've got what I call the Walmart model in terms of efficiency, not in terms of service. Got you. (laughs) (laughs) In terms of efficiency and solution, not in terms of service. Um, Years ago, I was in Walmart. I was at a conference and I ran over there to grab something really quick uh, in the middle on a lunch break and grabbed, I left my, you know, those times you travel, I left my toothbrush had to grab that same breath i was like i might as well grab some wings really quick mm-hmm. also i'm like oh shoot they got energy drinks so i'm grabbing all these th- different things at one time as well as wave grease etc yeah it hit my head that what are the what can't you buy from walmart right i reduced it down to a car and a house but every but once you buy the car you can get a service there once you buy the house you can buy, get the items there that's my business model we're mm-hmm. a one-stop shop for coaches and entrepreneurs We don't help you form your LLC, right? That's the house, right? We don't, the car is, man, I don't know what I want to sell. So I don't do ideation to tell you what to sell. But once you have the idea, I'll do everything else. So that's where we start from. You at least got to know, hey, I want to do this, but I don't know how to do this. Then we'll take you from idea all the way out, all the way to building out your entire online business and then showing you how to grow it, then showing you how to scale it. So there's four phases in our process. This is not operational process, but in terms of like um, the milestones of our clients, the right. making money phase in our mentorship. That's our first level. So if someone says, hey, I don't have anything to sell, not generating revenue. I'll put you in our mentorship. Why? It's slower. Yeah. You get access to our full portal weekly coaching where every single week from hot seat coaching where we isolate your business to Q&A to if you're doing a webinar, we pull up your numbers, we'll show it. You don't own down the line. Mm-hmm. There's a challenge every month of things that you can do. Why do we do that? The goal is to get them to $10,000 or more right. in, eight we- in about six to eight weeks. Right? Okay. So that's phase one. That's the making money phase. Okay. Phase two, is what we refer to as a stacking money phase, which we all know. If you make over five figures, yeah. two emotions you experience. Right. Excitement and fear. Yeah. The excitement of, I did it, and the fear of, can I do it again? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to lose money. And here's where, here's where most entrepreneurs lose money after when they move from making money to stacking money. They put way too much money in the bank and not enough back into the business. Right. So they stack too much of it and stop doing the thing that they did that got them there or to double down on it. Right. So we coach them, and this is where you move into growth, into how, how do you operate to get this same result. Mm-hmm. The way we do that is we give them literally, we build out their entire year so they know exactly what to do. Yeah. Quarter one, what are you selling? What's the ad? What's the marketing? What's the goal? What's the content? Quarter two, quarter three, all the way down to quarter four, right? So now you're not guessing. That has to happen in the, in the, stack, in the stacking money phase because you've got to see where am I going next. Then we go into the what I refer to as the investing money phase. How do you, knowing what to double down on? Do you pay for ads? Do you pay to, to, for a team? And we show them how to onboard their team, how to do operations. So you see how, mm-hmm. as the revenue grows, yeah, we're not upselling you. We're just serving you at the next level.
1: Gotcha. There that is no sense. upsell.
0: It's pay us for one thing, and you only pay us with money we help you make. Gotcha. <laughs> right. Makes sense. Yeah. And then you go into that last phase, and I didn't go deep into it. The multiplying money phase. This is where. This is like where I'm at. Where you hi- you you remove yourself from a lot of it. You hire other coaches. You're able to be more efficient. I don't mm-hmm. I don't touch funnels like that anymore. Right. Right. So my job is to with my team. I meet with them every Thursday or my ad team or my funnel team. I can now think it and I can quadruple my process because I'm not having to get in the weeds of it. Right. But I got efficient teams where I can drill them and say, Yo, client wants to sell an item for seventy five hundred. Mm-hmm. What type of funnel would you build? And the person. So now I want to see, can they think funnel language? And right. that gives me a teaching point. Got you. Got you. Hey, what client wants to do this, this. All right. I want to build something. Give me a, give me a reverse squeeze page where on the page, it does this, this, this. Give me a, and I can walk them through it in words. Mm-hmm. And now I can, or I can build it one time and say, hey, let's do something similar to this. And as the clients come in, let's just, let's duplicate the funnel, but that's, but let's customize the colors and on down the line. Gotcha, right, gotcha. So now my efficiency is higher mm-hmm. because I don't have to do all, that's, that's multiplying because now I can multiply me because I can give my my team, here's how I word it, I give them a process and my thoughts to be able to manage. Like my job is to think at once, package it, create a process, and then hold them accountable to my thoughts. Mm-hmm. But I can remove myself from the day-to-day of that stuff. Right, that right? makes sense. So to, and you teach your clients the same. This mm-hmm. is scalability. So to answer your question, we work with them from idea, all the way up, bro.
1: That makes sense. All okay. the way up. When someone first starts, a question that I have, and I get this all the time, I feel like I'm always going back and forth with clients of like, what type of funnel they should get, whether it's like a ebook funnel, yeah. do that should they do webinar, VSL, lead gen? How do you like lead the client into the the right funnel that makes sense? You gotcha. know what I'm saying?
0: So for us, once again, I'm consultant, right? Mm-hmm. I believe. I believe like I believe in in a in, a, in a, that certain things work. The only thing I can right. guarantee is is my process. Right. So I don't give this might sound bad, but I don't give yeah. the option. So if somebody's coming to me for an ebook, I'm not building a funnel for an ebook. Yeah. I'm not even working with you. Yeah. Reason being, we don't if the person doesn't have a massive email list, text list, audience, or follower account, and you're not great at marketing, you're not gonna generate enough revenue to grow. Right. So, how do you, if they say, oh, well, the ebook is going to be a front end offer. Okay, what do you ultimately want to sell? If the whole world was yeah. listening and it was your ideal client and they all were ready to buy, what do you want them to buy? That's mm-hmm. the question I would ask. Yeah. Oh, my course. So, why are you selling the ebook in hopes that you'll get them to sell the course? Right. I would go mini course and make the ebook a Add on or a workbook or a digital download connected to it. So Mini course is front end for sale? Front end and I would go order bump. Okay. Right. So I would go mini course. If your goal is to sell a course, why are we selling the ebook on the front end? Right. The buying behavior, the process, all that. What else? What else people don't think about is, and oft, and many instances, you're actually losing the sale. Yeah. Because some buyers want to sit with the, and read the ebook before they make the decision if they want to buy the course. Mm-hmm. So you're sending your customer away and you're assuming that with my paid advertisement and marketing that I'm not going to beat you to the punch and get them to pay me before they come back to you. Right. It's right. too many of us online for you to assume mm-hmm. that they're going to go through your whole funnel and buy everything. Yeah. So the person's coming to me, I wouldn't advise an ebook for a multitude of reasons. No like and trust is too low. Mm-hmm. Um, conversion is not high enough. I I'm convert, um in terms of revenue. Some people will buy that front end, but you're the conversion in terms of them buying the main thing you want them to buy. Bro, it's hard to get somebody to go from thirty-seven to thousand dollars. Yeah, it is the buying sure. be, the buying behavior, the buying process doesn't make sense. So, I would say if they're starting with me, where I start them at, very first thing that I'm starting you with is a, a, a we need to go VSL mm-hmm. or we are gonna go digital product funnel. But even in that, there's gonna be a VSL in it, right? right. So that landing page would have a VSL with it with an opt-in, so you still get the information. So it'd be a short form VSL, key, right? So be so it would look like a sales page. It wouldn't be just your typical landing page. Um, it'll move them from from that. They would opt in and then move them to the actual sales page. Mm-hmm. Just gonna build out micro commitments within it. Yeah. Right. Within that, I would say you we start them now at this point, and this is where people do something different. Some would disagree. Like you got to make a make a decision. The person that landing on that page already knew what they were going to. Ain't nobody's googling. Sales pages. So you got to make the assumption that if they're there, they want what you have to offer. Right. So why sell them something something else? Yeah. Yeah, Like it doesn't even make any sense. So like we build a a course or digital product funnel or VSL funnel first. Mm -hmm. What we build for our clients is that and a webinar funnel. Why a webinar funnel? Because it allows them a vehicle to every week be able to have, I refer to webinars as a marketing event. Yes. So now you have a weekly marketing event to be able to generate consistent revenue, build your list, because you can also sell via email. You create, you want to create as many places as possible to sell. Mm-hmm. You can sell via social media. You can sell via email. You can sell via webinar. So all of these things is to get in the fastest speed. Right. So right. we build first. That course, a VSL funnel, and a webinar funnel. So now they can get to that first making money phase as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Those who already are beyond that, somebody listening, like, I'm at six, seven figures. Our goal for that person then is to be able to optimize. We're talking now. How do you the more you should be able to make more by working less? Mm-hmm. So now we're talking about multiple marketing events. We're talking about how you can now low, low, you can now lower what you're spending to acquire a customer. Mm -hmm. We're talking about dialing in your message. We're talking about being able to create one offer and get as much as possible out of it. Right. We're talking about turning your course into a virtual event or into an in-person event. Yeah. We're talking about turning your course into a VIP day. Yeah. Virtual and in-person because now we're making revenue off the same thing. Yeah. We're talking about using your one segment of your course and taking your your five modules and turning them into micro offers. Mm Mm-hmm. So you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So now you have the ability to get the exactly you want. We're exactly. talking about turning documents in your course into a lead magnet that you give away for free. To then, you get what I'm saying. So now yeah. we're getting the right customer.
1: And see where I'm going now. The thing that's important to realize too, because I was talking to a client, and she was kind of on the same thing like you were saying on the ebook. But I'm like, what's your ultimate goal? And she was like, my ultimate goal is to sell my whatever accelerator, right? I'm like, well, you notice the journey of how the funnel is set up that most of the people will never see the product that you want to sell at all because you need them to purchase the inferior product that they may. They don't have any no like or trust in in order to see the real product. Yeah. So the way I pivot that question now is how do you view for the people who are just hearing about funnels trying to figure out what it is? And they say, I have a website already. How do you sell that to them to understand that the funnel on the website is completely different? I look at it like your funnel is a completely different marketing tool that you'd go to combat with your websites, like your glorified business card. Yeah. How do you view the the two?
0: I, I agree 100% with what you're saying. I, um when people say that to me, mm-hmm. I clearly explain to them a website and a funnel are drastically different. So I'm going to use it in different terminology. Okay. I see the whole funnel piece as a rela- as a relationship, right? Yeah. I see business as a relationship, the same way that you go into, like you're married, right? Yeah. So the same way that you courted, dated your wife, and got her to marry you, well, marriage was the highest form of commitment you can give to your wife. Right. Right? Well, in business, the highest form of commitment that you can give or intimacy you can, that some, that you can exchange with someone is the, the exchange of money. Right. For your time, your energy, your effort, your partner with them. Well, to send someone directly to a website to buy something, you're telling perfect strangers, let me smash. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You're asking perfect strangers for the highest form of intimacy and the highest form of commitment to trust you with my money. Yeah. How do you do that without there being any aspect of awareness, any aspect of attraction, any aspect of courting, any aspect of dating, any aspect of, of, how do I know that you understand me and my need and answer my questions? Mm-hmm. A funnel is an automated process that you or someone that you pay build to take someone from not knowing you exist to knowing, liking, trusting, and buying. Yeah. Every place that a person would have a question, a funnel is to follow up with that person to answer the question. Right. Every place that a person would abandon it and go somewhere else, the funnel is to reach back out to make sure that the customer is not lost. Mm-hmm. A website does not do that. Right. A website doesn't allow you the opportunity to create a customized experience for a person. Yeah. Instead, every person that comes has the same experience. Yep. So I would say to someone, if you say, oh, I got a website, and it's the same thing. Well, how will I be able to sync my website? The, I would ask a person, would you, would you want to have a party at your house, and everybody enters your house through the bedroom? Mm, I see what you're saying.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. No, you wouldn't. You would rather... Everyone entered through a common place and only the people you were closest with come into your bedroom. Right. Well, a funnel allows you to walk people through a phase, a journey of micro commitments, incremental yes, that they can say yes, one thing at a time Mm -hmm. that you move them through, through piece by piece by piece. And what people don't realize, man, everything is a funnel. Yeah. Go to the mall right now. Go to Macy's, go to Gucci, go to Louis, go to Walmart, go anywhere and buy something and see if they don't ask you for your email. Exactly. Now, the way they've trained their employees is they don't even ask you for it. At, like most people think you have to give them your email. Yeah. You don't. You don't. You go to buy something with Mason and say, sir, what's your email? And you just automatically give it. You don't realize they're adding you to their list. Right. And they're also selling that list to other people to market to you. Yeah, they are. <laughs> right. Yeah. So to people who are, who are hearing it, it's a, it's a lack of knowledge in the space to think that a website and a phone is one and the same. I would say to a person, I'm going to use an example. I would say if you have a cell phone and you are dating, let's talk to my singles. What up? (laughs) And you and you are texting someone. Would you say that texting someone would mean you're in a relationship? No, it's just one aspect of it. Yeah. So would you why would you assume that when it comes to building a business and marketing and selling all the components that goes into converting a sale? Why would you assume that one component, the website, is the Uh same as the whole relationship? You need the ability to have the complete relationship with your customers, with your potential customers, with leads, to be able to walk them through an entire journey, man. So funnels is the most powerful way to generate revenue because you don't lose people. Right? Exactly. Your funnel don't follow. There's no follow-up sequences on a, on a funnel. One of the
1: funniest thing is when people be like, well, I got the little pop-up on my Oh, so I'm like, oh, yeah, gosh.
0: yeah. So when they come to my site, it pops up so they can opt. In, yeah, they can click the X. And
1: yeah, and X and we're we're trained to instantly click the X because yeah. it's not natural. Think about it. I came to your website to look at whatever, right? And I'm instantly hit with a pop up. Well, I naturally hit X because I was trying to get to the content that was on the other side of it. Yeah. The good thing about the funnel is that it's strategically set up that you only have one action per page. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the power of it.
0: One thing at a time. It's clean, clear, as well as all of your like people. It, most people put way too much text on websites. Yeah, all your information is there. Where we all do a whole lot of different things, mm-hmm. but when someone goes into a funnel, they go, they get a chance to have a unique and high level buying experience. If you go. The more expensive a thing is, the less items are there. You go to Lambo; it's not as, it's not like going to buy here, pay here lots. Yeah, or Chevy, where you like, okay, where the Corvettes, where the Suburbans. Mm-hmm. You go to Louis, and it's less items, right? So the more expensive the buy, and the more expensive or the more luxury a thing is, the less items and the more unique the buying experience is. Mm-hmm. A funnel allows a person where we have multiple offers, but you're pointing me to one thing. I'm not distracted. I'm clear. And you're walking me through all the different processes surrounding that. Right. You're asking me questions. I want people to see a funnel as your best salesperson. Just see it as if someone's walking into a store and your best salesperson building rapport, having a conversation, asking questions and asking for one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Walking into the store, marking a on and hook. Hey, ma'am, would you like to know how to blank without blank? Mm-hmm. Hey, ma'am, would you like to know how to purchase your dream car without blank? Um, overextending yourself or paying too much for a car payment. Would you like to know how to lose stubborn belly fat without spending hours in the gym? Yes. That's a yeah. marketing hook on a landing page. Right. Person says yes. Okay, cool. All I'll need from you is your name and your email in order to do so. Boom. They opted in. Now they on the next page. Hey, I want, would you like to learn how we're able to help people lose stubborn belly fat without spending hours in the gym? Yeah. So i created this three minute video. It's very short and it outlines all of it for you. And if you have additional questions, just click the button below. Right. Your salesperson walking person watched a three minute video explains it, they learn it, they click the button. Yeah, I do want access to this, right? That's your best salesperson asking for one yes at a time, walking them all the way to the cash register.
1: Yep, exactly. <laughs> and what I like best about it as well is what I tell people is see, here's the thing with your website it's pretty, right? And people come to your website, but you miss out on so much data because you can't really track what's going on. So true. But then the next thing that makes it even better or equally as good, I could say, is that I feel like a funnel plays offense and defense. And what I mean by that is we create a custom tailored shopping experience to get the person to convert from a lead to a buyer, right? They come to it. Hopefully they opt in. That's the sweet spot right there. At least we got their information. Well, now that they've landed on our page, they may or may not go through the rest of the funnel, but that's okay because now that we have the information, we also have them in the pixel for retargeting on Facebook. But what's even better than that is now all of those emails that they're about to get and how they're about to get nurtured. That's the defense. Yeah, it's bringing them back to that main spot. And somebody may say, "Well, you got abandoned cart with other websites." It's kind of there, but it's just not as powerful yeah. as how we can do with getting an opt-in, getting an email, and taking that lead and slicing it up into different ways, like you said. No like, and trust and segmenting them out to give them the information they need to eventually convert them to a buyer.
0: One, 100%. And you, you, well, if you do a funnel correctly and I'm not just talking about the pages, some people will hear this. will think that the funnel is just the pages that are built. No. Yeah. Right. The uh, funnel is social media is a part of your funnel. Any place that someone becomes aware of you speak on stage, this podcast is a funnel. Mm-hmm. People can become aware of me and I can drive traffic to somewhere, right. And start the relationship. So I would say to someone, even with with, with what you're describing, this whole environment of how we're getting people to buy, to buy, it's not just about being pretty. It's not just about abandoning cars and following up. It really is about creating a custom relationship where a person feels like I'm not reading information that's not pertinent to me. Mm -hmm. So if you create your environment the way that you should, your funnel becomes an ATM machine. Yeah. You have email money that you can print money by sending an email to a segmented list who have purchased from you before Mm -hmm. the ability for them to get access to the next level, whatever they purchase. So everybody should be tagged, whatever they purchase. They purchased the ebook. What else do you have Mm -hmm. connected to that? If a person opted into a webinar, if you want to do a pop-up, ask me anything session. If you want to do an in-person sell tickets, you can take your did not buy list. Mm -hmm. And what I told my, my people I mentor recently, I was like, yo, Y'all keep playing these away games, trying to go get people on the Internet to magically start cheering for you. Right. Instead of the people that already raised their hands, said that I'm yeah. interested, and they sitting in the seats of your email list. Yeah. They're your home fans. They yeah. own your list. Why don't y'all, for the next two weeks, double down and only market and invite. I said, don't do no big webinar. Do one just to the people that did not buy. Find anybody in your list that didn't buy. Anyone who DM you in the last two months and reach out to them and invite them for I said, invite them for three days and say mm. I'm gonna teach you. And I, am I told them, here's what you say to them: over the next three days, I've got a goal. I want you to, I want you to ask me so many questions that I have to say that I don't know. Right. Now you don't have to create new content. You get to come there every day and you and you theme the day so it don't become weird and say I'm only asking. So day one is I'm asking questions related to course creation. Day two I'm asking questions related to funnels. Mm-hmm. It's just Q and A. Now, what's the best way to get people to buy from you? Answer answer their questions, solve problems, and show how great of a coach you are because in real time you're solving real problems Mm -hmm. and you say, Hey, here's my goal. I would love to win your business by serving you. Be honest with them folks. Yeah. It's not a webinar at this point. It's three days of serving you. If you don't want to work with me, it's no problem at all. You got your question answered. Cool. If you got new questions, come back. Imagine what that would do. Now even if they don't buy from you, guess what happens? They see your content different. They open your emails differently. That mm-hmm. you now are the subject matter expert in your top of mind. So you just change your position and guess what else you did? Segmented them differently. Because everybody that came to them three days mm-hmm. is now on your hot list. Yeah, Put them on put them on your hot list to double down and reach out to them and serve them. Put them in Facebook groups. Find multiple ways to invite, invite them on a date.
1: Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. One of the last questions I wanted to ask you and end with is something that I see with at different levels of the entrepreneur. So I'm speaking like when they're first starting out, maybe like anywhere from like 10 to 50,000 a month in revenue, Mm -hmm. I start seeing a shift in the funnel changing once they start hitting, you know, close to six figures a month. And then I have the top tier clients that are like the million dollar, two million dollar clients a month. And what I start to notice is at the beginning, they want them all over the funnel. Yeah. And that's where I actually make a lot of the money yeah. because they like my graphic design work. So they come to me, they're like, I want Tony to make my funnel. But then I start noticing like, let's say like a will, $2 million a month in revenue, no face being shown solely focused on headline. You know what I'm saying? Opting in. I want to see your perspective on that scale of the entrepreneur that's like starting with growth to who's already now super high in growth, but optimizing how it's like less of them being the face.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I, there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I, I truly believe that everybody should be focused on building a business, not just creating, not just creating something to sell. Right. So being a, there there's a such thing as a hustler with an LLC. Yeah. <laughs> right? So when you just create something to sell, you forming an LLC doesn't, doesn't mean that you build a business. It just means you file with the state.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: <laughs> so building a business requires that you think about what is, the, what is the best Avenue? What is best for this? When you start thinking about a baby, what is the best possible thing to feed this baby for it to grow to its optimal height, weight, size, et cetera. What mm-hmm. should it be fed for myself? I think about, I I believe in building not just my dream, not just my dream business, but my dream life. Mm -hmm. So if my dream life is to, like for me, I only coach on Mondays, that would mean that I've got to empower the people around me. I've got to use instead of I, we language. Mm -hmm. So in my copy and everything, we create your course with you, build your funnel for you, write your emails, and even upload your videos so you can focus on boom, 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 boom. Not I will. Mm -hmm. I don't build funnels. Yeah, I used to build them, but my team is building what I told them to build so you can trust the process. Right. Right. Person who owns McDonald's don't flip the burgers. Right. So it's I think that that transition where you move from just selling products and services and selling you to selling a solution means that it should in the initial stage be a process. This is where I think people move away from their name to creating something more, like ours, the monetized online business blueprint. Mm-hmm. It's a concept, a system. We don't even call it the mob academy or university. It's mob family because mm-hmm. I want a family of people that once you with us, you with us forever. Right. All of our programs come with a virtual event and in-person event. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I would say is it's that thought that I'm telling you of mm-hmm. what a person wants to build. Right. If you're looking to build a brand, then I think there, there should be some visibility and things of yourself and you're more on there when you move into looking to build a business where you realize, okay, I don't want to be a person that's glued down to it mm-hmm. where a person expects me, then you're going to have to shift to a more, to a more we language versus a I language. You're going to mm-hmm. have to shift from you being on the picture of everything because I'm in that transition now where when people get on the phone with my enrollment team, that's is Marcus going to be coaching. Yeah. <laughs> right. So now we still are at a place that even when we sell certain programs, mm-hmm. Certain programs that I've outgrown, I still gotta be in because right. people, there's a drop off rate if, if it's just my coaches. Yeah. So that's that transition I think that people look at it. And now this is where you move. You move into this place that you're selling process, you're not selling you as a person. Right. You're selling a result and you gotta get people. The wording I'll use is your, the sophistication of your value, your messaging, and your offer has to change when you move to that place. It does. And when you talk about will, two million, two million a month the way in which you communicate now is speak is speaking to a different type of buyer. Yes. Because certain buyers, certain buyers only, only want to buy a person. Yeah. Right? right. Other buyers, like from someone like myself, bro, if I was working with you, I don't need to speak to you at all. Yeah. I respect process. Right. I just need to know, okay, what I need to do, this is okay, cool. I'm that client that I don't need you at all. I Like if you got a program that's, that's, that's six months, chances are I'm not logging on.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes sense so to conclude i mean we've talked about so much stuff i yeah. feel like anybody who's trying to get into the space of being digital being online course so many answers and gems have been here my question for the people that need you to answer is where can they connect with you where can they tap in with your programs tell them what's going on and just how they can get started
0: man on a shame plug man i've got a i've got a podcast we build monetize yeah. with marcus podcast man i think uh, it's it's the very best, bro. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we 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 both doing the same thing. So I yeah. decided to take information that will be included in a thirty-five to 50000 thousand dollar mastermind mm-hmm. and give it away for free weekly. Man, so I'm not just sitting and talking. There's yeah. a vibe board where I'm showing my screen and walking you page by page. Mm-hmm. I'm breaking down how to build a course from scratch. Right. So the goal was to force people to stop scrolling, sit, listen, and learn, and generate revenue from the podcast, right, every week. Mm. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, okay. So you can find that. YouTube, Marcus Y. Rosier, Marcus the letter Y. Rosier, whether you're the FBI or Jealous Girlfriend, <laughs> I'm the easiest person on the Internet to find because one name everywhere. Marcus yeah. the letter Y, R-O-S-I-E-R on Instagram. That's my social media drug of choice and YouTube
1: okay so y'all heard the man right there marcus y rozier check him out thank you for being on the show and we'll catch you on the next episode peace